Baltimoreans is a member of the Baltimore Sports Report Network. Find, find more podcasts like this at baltimoresportsreport.com. You're listening to Baltimoreans, the home of the all-weather fan. My name is Sam Dingman. This is Alan Smith. Let's get stupid. Baltimoreans. Good evening. Baltimoreans. We come to you tonight from not just the state of New York, but from the state of high anxiety. <laughs> because it looks like everything is collapsing. The dream that seemed so impossible, it turns out, is. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It would appear that we are mere hours, days, perhaps a week at most from our favorite, the Duke. Departing for points north to become the CEO of the Toronto Blue Jays. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, on the show, we've decided to try to process the whole Dan Duquette situation in a number of different ways. First of all, we're going to examine our own feelings about it. Then we're going to speak to Charlie Hoppus, who we always turn to in times of emotional strife. Charlie, of course, a veteran of the dearly departed Orioles Spastics podcast. And a particularly even-keeled fellow. Somebody who I think is a role model for us emotionally. And then, well, then we're going to hear from Dan himself. And we'll, we'll tell you about exactly how that's going to take place at the end of the show. Now, here on, we're calling an emergency episode 115 to talk about the state of Orioles Nation, which, as Sam said, is a wee bit more anxious than we would like it to be, given that we are somewhere in the beginning of January and have not even seen Pitchers and Catchers Report just yet. But episode 115, Baltimoreans, falls on a very important historical week, because this week actually marks the 115th anniversary of a not very well-known but deeply, deeply socially and politically significant moment in American history. The year, friends, was 1900, and Queen Victoria ruled Canada as a figurehead monarch. But the real power of that Canadian age, friends, lay in the shifty eyes of Rudolfo de Simone, a businessman, con artist, and French-Canadian nationalist. Despite a recent martial victory over Spain and the relatively steady hand on the tiller of President William McKinley, de Simone had visions of a manifest southern destiny from sound to shining gulf. His vision? To open up new markets for Canadian exports and culture in America, and establish a real hegemony over the entire continent. His plan was simple, to infiltrate the young economic supernova to the south through a fairly, read completely, porous Minnesotan border, and create enough social and political unrest that Canada would be called on as peacemaker to restore order and set up a puppet government of loyalists to the throne. Historians suggest, by the way, that De Simone's doctrine was drawn heavily as the basis for the Second Iraq War. It might have worked, too, were it not for one man, a former baseball great named Wilson Leathers LaCrue. LaCrue had been a starter for the Minnesota Blackflies in the late 1880s, once pitching 68 consecutive complete games, and had retired to one of the northern lakes to hunt, fish, and whittle. The night of the fateful invasion, however, which was actually January 12th, so three days ago, in 1900, Leathers LaCrue was out on his porch, despite an unseasonably cool evening. He was completing his usual exercise routine, in which he'd work a heavy punching bag for 15 minutes, then cover himself in seal fat, cut a hole in the ice, and go for a quick constitutional. 
As the Canadian raconteurs moved south over the frozen lakes on Snowshoe, LeCrew was using his hand auger to drill a hole in the thick sheets of Lake Artichoke. Unfortunately for the invasion force, the hand drill broke on this fateful evening, and LeCrew, never a man of great patience, chucked it in frustration out into the cold darkness. DeSimone, who had put himself on the front of the evasion party, was struck on the head by the broken drill and, in no small part due to the exemplary arm strength of a man who'd hummed the heater with the best of them, was instantly killed. The rest of his motley crew, with a gasp and a Sacre bleu! Desimone est mort! Literally, shit, Desimone has kicked it! Hightailed it back to Canada, never to show their faces south of the border again. So, friends, it is on this important anniversary that we stop to commemorate a great American and a thwarted invasion. 115 years ago this week, we rebuffed the Canadian menace, and as God is my witness, we will rebuff the Canadian menace again. Remember LaCrue, get your hands off my vice president of baseball operations, you bastards. true american hero i believe i've uh, i've seen a movie after hours on the spice channel starring a <laughs> mr leathers lacrue <laughs> also covered in seal fat <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what i'm into you don't know what i'm into but we do know what dan duquette is into we and certainly it seems do. to be a canadian bacon promotions the man likes promotions i mean it is fair i would say that if you spend two or three years being very successful and your title is still vice president of baseball operations, you, you have a fair bone to pick with the, with the higher-ups? Well, here's the question that, that has been asked on Twitter that occurred to me that I'm sure occurred to you, uh, but let's get an answer, if we can, please. Why is it not being discussed for us to just make Dan Duquette president of the Orioles? Like, if Toronto is coming in to our stees and saying, hey, Dan, we know you're executive vice president of baseball operations in Baltimore. Why don't you come to Toronto and be CEO? Why, instead of getting into a whole thing where we might trade an executive to Toronto in exchange for players or something, which is just confusing for everyone, wouldn't it be much easier to say, hey, we'll extend your contract, which already runs for, uh, what is it, three more seasons, not only will we extend your contract, but we'll give you a better title and a raise to stay here. Like, but isn't that like business 101? Well, I mean, okay, so there's two problems with that, right? One is you don't negotiate with terrorists because <laughs> <laughs> if these Canadian fucks think they can come in and just give him another offer. And the fact of the matter is Dan Duquette is under contract. You just said he's under contract until 2018. Sure is. So he is essentially you know, obligated to continue to be vice president of baseball operations for another three years. So what is the difference between giving him another contract? Like, what does extending a contract do for him? Well, it, but, but what I'm saying is we, what we need to do as the Peter Angeloses of the world, the Angeli. <laughs> the flying Angeli. <laughs> is we need to try to get inside of Dan's head. 
We need to try God. to say, and, and nobody say we've does been doing that. that for 115 episodes. Nobody it's dark does in that there. better than the Baltimoreans. That's I, true. I want to say it's mostly That's puns, <laughs> mostly puns and sandwich ideas, and 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 uh, some statistical beats. <laughs> statistical hard-ons for six-year minor league free agents. <laughs> but we need to get inside Dan's head and say, okay, if whatever the Blue Jays, or excuse me, the Boo Jays. <laughs> which is the nicest term I will use for that <laughs> cursed organization on this program. If, if whatever they're offering is enticing to him, clearly we have something better to offer. Example, a better baseball team. Sure. Right? I think that's definitively true even in the post-trading for Josh Donaldson and signing Russell Martin to an absurdly large contract for his decline years era, which is what the Blue Jays have done. Sure. We have a better manager. We have better young talent. Better we pitching staff. Better pitching staff. Stronger core, no matter how you slice it. Right? They have Edwin Encarnacion, His Jose parrot. Bautista, Edwin's <laughs> parrot, Aaron Sanchez, who's a 23-year-old question mark, uh-huh. Josh Donaldson and his idiotic mohawk and his bad attitude, Sure. and a manager who looks like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> That's what fundamentally doesn't make sense to me, though, because... The Orioles are clearly a better position, and Dan seems to have been fairly invested in growing this organization. We did give him a chance when he was essentially out of baseball, and there, there's no, re, you know, real. No one was taking a shot on him at that point in time, and we've given him the chance, and he has delivered. So my question is like, wither the loyalty? Where I mean, he has he has a con. This is why. Fucking government doesn't work, man. Because <laughs> this is record time for us to get into this part of the debate, Smith. I just want that to be clear. We are because, less than 13 minutes look, in. I work in public policy. All we try to do is we kind of set up with a, a system of rules by which we all agree to be governed. There's a social contract in place. This is not which says, There which are rules. Says there are rules. If you have a contract through 2018 and you can force yourself to be traded because you fundamentally are are what butt hurt because your title isn't good enough, like want a raise, what's the point of contracts? Well, but that's the thing, right? What do we have any reason to believe that Dan Duquette was butt hurt until the Blue Jays came and were like, "Hey, what if it said CEO instead of Executive Vice President of Baseball Operations in front of your title?" I mean, it, we have no reason to believe that Dan Duquette was doing anything other than pulling endless all-nighters to try to make the Orioles a better team, to try and succeed at making the Orioles a better team. Right. So I, I guess I, that's, the, that's the fundamental thing for me, is how did they get in? How did they get into his head in such a way that we're all of a sudden ready to just let, it, let, let him go? What I'm concerned about, I guess, mm. is if you think back to the Davey Johnson situation, where Davey Johnson comes into Baltimore, gives us two consecutive playoff appearances, the second of which is one of the best all-around Orioles teams of all time, the 97 team. Then there's the whole on-field incident with Roberto Alomar spitting in the umpire's face after the umpire had just lost a son, and all of a sudden Peter and Davey Johnson sticks up for him, all of a sudden, Peter Angelos gets it in his mind that that's not how we do things in Baltimore. Right. That's a breach of propriety. Right. And we're not going to allow it to happen. That's that. That is a very real situation here. Right. Right. Because so because then, the, the bugaboos that you create by having 
just having it be in discussion that you might not be 100% Orioles loyal, even if it's a even if it's a negotiating tactic for Dan, it could end up coming around completely to bite him in the ass. Because if Angelos thinks he's not loyal, then we know he'll just cut him. I think that's what we're looking at. Is if, if, with the information that we have, right? Yeah. Not being Ken Rosenthal or John Paul Morosi or or Rock Kabako or any of the people who are talking in theory to the real players here. All we have is the Peter Angelos that we know and the Dan Duquette that we know. And the Peter Angelos that we know has a code. And it's a very... I mean, I think morally, when we've talked about this a lot on the show, the fact that he has a moral code at all elevates him <laughs> above 99% of, of the professional other professional sports, sports owners. owners. For sure. But we also know... And we have a very visceral reminders in our lifetime of what happens if you breach the Angelos code. Yep. You are run out of town. On a rail. On a rail. And the well-being of the team and the loyalty of the fan base be damned. Now, we also know that, as you pointed out, Dan Duquette, three winters ago, was laboring in obscurity as the founder of the Israeli Baseball League (laughs) and appearing in regional theater productions of Damn Yankees. All of this is true. Yeah, true. So if in a span of just... Dan Yankees. Dan, as as he referred to it (laughs) on our show. If in a span of just three years you can go from being that guy to being the president of the Blue Jays, there is a tremendous amount of evidence out there in the ecosystem right now yes. of how good you are at your job. Yes. And how he's, he is the ex- executive of the year. And how insufficient the amount of respect that you have been given historically is. You you have a higher amount of leverage than you're ever going to have in your professional career right now if you're Dan Duquette. So he tries to parlay that. Maybe hoping not to leave, maybe hoping that Angelos will give him some more respect that he feels he deserves, but in so doing, accidentally gets himself on the wrong ends of the Angelos law. I feel like that's what we're looking at. What worries me is if Angelos, who we thought had maybe turned over a new leaf and is doing crazy things like spending on a starting pitcher, although that's probably never going to happen again, which is another reason why <laughs> Ibaldo Jimenez is the worst human being on the planet. Um, but, you know, we thought we may be seeing a new version of, of, of Angelos, a, a, a older, more mellow, gentler version of, of same. And if the motherfucker again goes out on like on a code thing and sells Duquette for a bag of baseballs and a, and a minor league pitcher, like – I feel like it's we're going to come apart at the seams again. Well, and I guess that's the other thing. Part of what's been so exciting about watching the Orioles the last few seasons has been getting a little bit of a sense that there is a baseball culture in Baltimore again that is unique and special to the current organization. Right. And that goes from the clubhouse all the way to the executive suite. Yeah, and I think that Buck and Dan, as we have talked about on this on this program very, very often— are very mutually enforcing. Right. I think that I think that the that the way that Buck manages takes full advantage of the just rolodex of moves that Duquette is willing and able to make and I think that their philosophies meld very well. Yeah, and I guess my concern is if Dan Duquette has an offer to go somewhere else for more money and a better title and the organization doesn't do any doesn't put up every possible fight to keep him in Baltimore 
then what's to stop, you know, that's what Mike Mussina did. That's why Mike Mussina left. And what's to stop then Adam Jones from doing the same thing at the conclusion of his contract? What's to stop Manny Machado from waiting until he's a free agent and seeing how big a deal he can land? What's to stop Matt Wieters from saying, no, I'm not going to sign an extension and stay here. I want to see what I can get on the open market and inevitably leave because we're going to come up with some excuse about a bone chip in his tibula that (laughs) tibula is that even a bone this isn't the anatomy hour get out of here doubters you know i i mean i don't think it's too much of an exaggeration to suggest that duquette leaving could shatter the the culture that has been so meticulously constructed over the last couple seasons that to me boils down to like we're all in this together good we're all doing this together no one here is more important than anyone else yep i'm gonna read you a quote 7 38 p.m today we are not negotiating with them in any way they have expressed interest in dan duquette which we understand because dan is an exceptional gm but we are not in any negotiations with Mr. Rogers. We have a contract with Duquette, and that's the end of it. So Peter Angelo said today. Ken Rosenthal, in a column published shortly after Peter Angelo said those things, said he doesn't buy that for a second because basically Peter Angelos has to say that, right? If he is any kind of businessman, which we know that he is, he has to claim that no negotiation is happening because if he says anything else, he loses any possible leverage in whatever bargain is ultimately worked out with the Blue Jays. Here's the terrifying thing. Why is that? Why is that true? Because if he says, yeah, sure. We're talking to the Blue Jays. Then that to the Blue Jays, I guess if I assume this is the business logic behind it says that indicates somehow that Duquette is not as valuable as the Blue Jays perceive him to be. Because if you're the Blue Jays, you enter the negotiation thinking, Dan Duquette's untouchable. There's no way we're getting Dan Duquette. Any any amount that you back off from that stance as Peter Angelos means that as the Blue Jays, you have to give up less to get him. But, I mean, why would Angelos make that trade? Like, under what scenario? If, if he's a business person and he realizes that he has one of the best, like, assets in the business on three more years contract like is he worried that if he doesn't trade dan duquette to the blue jays dan duquette's going to actively sabotage the team i think there is a legitimate concern probably that dan duquette um does not have the good faith intention of improving the team and when you sue him he's he's a litigator man sue him for contract breach but then how that's no good for the team either because then that becomes a distraction so if you're peter angelos and you know somewhere that duquette is dead set on leaving anyway and you know that ultimately you'd rather have him leave and be happy and get the most that you can from the deal than make him stay against his will and possibly foster discord that could ruin the team you might as well get Jose Bautista and Edwin Encarnacion and Edwin Encarnacion's parrot in exchange for Dan Duquette if he wants to leave I think I'd be anyway. okay with that deal, <laughs> just for the record. <laughs> Dan Duquette is essentially the same as the New York City Police Department. I mean... He's running There's a, not a little or literal connection, <laughs> Donnie, but... <laughs> he's running a slowdown of business, and he's not doing his job so as to negotiate a trade. Can you provide me with a better explanation 
for the Orioles' complete inaction this offseason? I mean... Occam's razor, my damie. <laughs> Occam's goddamn razor. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. If that is the case, then everything I thought I knew about Dan Duquette is wrong. Well, but this is the thing, right? If you're Dan Duquette... I, I mean, I don't want to... I'm not, to be clear, staking out an entirely anti-Dan standpoint here. But you kind of are. I mean, it, it, for, for all of these things to be true, right, he has to have said... I'm not coming back. I'm willing to internally and quietly make that so clear as to burn bridges and not do my job to negotiate a trade that becomes not a, like, I'll do it quietly so that you can still leverage me, but I'm going to do it in a way that forces your hand. Otherwise, I don't see Angelo's making this deal. Like, the only way I see it happening is if Dan forces his way out, which isn't the, like, lean in, negotiate for a better job title. It's more active than that. It has to be. Well, I, I think it may not be that that may not be the duality. You know what I mean? It may not be that Dan Duquette was saying to Angelos before the season, I want a promotion. It may be that Dan Duquette was happy. He was sitting there polishing his Sporting News Executive of the Year award, getting ready for the winter <laughs> meetings. And then all of a sudden, Rogers Communications called him on the phone and was like, maybe you want a promotion. That's a game changer for him. And then all of a sudden, he realizes that he has value he didn't even perceive in the marketplace. He goes to Angelos for a good faith negotiation. Angelos, being Peter Angelos, approaches it instead as a crazy person. And now we're in the situation <laughs> that we're in. Angelos doesn't do the thing that either of us would do, which is to say, what, are they, what do they want to pay you? I'll double it. I'll give you an elf servant core sure. and I will uh, and I'll give you whatever title you want. Now we're in a situation where if the exchange, if the trade gets made, if we end up trading Dan Duquette to the blue Jays, the person, as I understand the situation, swinging that trade, the person in charge of getting us a good baseball yield for that is Peter Angelos, which, and we know he doesn't know anything about baseball because he doesn't come to the games. So that means that we're not going to get Edwin Encarnacion. We're not going to get Jose Bautista. We're not getting the parrot. We're probably getting a, a bowl of poutine. Is that Toronto or Montreal? doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, we're in dire straits over here at Houdini Studios. As you can, I'm sure, hear from the increasing panic in Sam and Mai's voices. Um, so we're going to call a saner head and hope that he can talk us down. Uh, we're going to be joined now by Charles Hoppus of the recently deposed Orioles Spastics. Um, we're hoping that there is some metaphor out there, some perfect analogy that brings us all back through the rubric of arrested development back to sanity. So we'll talk to Charles right after this. Charles, how are you, man? I am great. How are you? I am better now that you are on the line. I'm sorry I made you wait for a little bit there. Do not apologize. <clears throat> I wasn't that sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you guys are just sitting, hanging out anyway. We were we were listening to um, Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. And we I, will not know, have your judgment, Hoppus. <laughs> I, I actually was going to say, I've been meaning to listen to the, the new album. I just never got around to it. It's well, universally uh, acclaimed. Do yourself a favor <laughs> yeah. and wait until tomorrow to listen to the new album. Okay. Deal. 
because wait, has Alan told you what we're doing on the show tonight? No. No. <laughs> no. So you, you, he has no frame of reference. So you, you think I'm just to, being like weirdly pretentious about a Taylor Swift album? You don't have to tell me. Also, <laughs> I'm okay. Now, 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 wait. Are 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 we recording right now already? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. We roll from I, I, jump as a general rule. <laughs> I did not know that. And and additionally, I want to point out that this is I think the third time I've been on your show where you haven't introduced me. Uh-oh, we've just started talking. So. We, we 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 usually uh we usually introduce you in the outro of the previous segment. Uh, right. but generally at this point, you know, we people know who you are. Well, also also on on a professional radio program, it is actually considered a breach of journalistic ethics to not inform the person that you are interviewing that you have started <laughs> recording. And we have nothing less... if not iconoclasts. <laughs> I was less worried about that. Uh, I've had I have worse moments uh, on your show as I was reliving with Alan over <laughs> Google Chat the other day. An amazing, I'm... amazing rendition uh, of, of uh, To Dream the Impossible Dream, if I remember correctly. You're right. I'm, yes. I'm pretty sure that was the finest Charlie Hoppus moment of all time, actually. It, I, I was saying that, actually, I, I wasn't tone deaf. I did a pretty good uh, impression of Don Quixote. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the little lilt in the pronunciation of Quixote that you just gave us. Quixote. Well, see, that, yeah, it's important to be, it's important to be uh, authentic, <laughs> shall we say. Uh, what was your question? You asked me a question. <laughs> oh, uh, I have so many questions. Uh, so here's the deal, right? We're on yeah. the line with Charlie Hoppus. Charlie, <laughs> as listeners to this program will know, was one of the masterminds behind, as Alan loves to put it, the recently deposed <laughs> Oriel Spastics podcast, which you was know, the I'd internet's like... only source for crossover between the Baltimore Orioles and Arrested Development references. Um, which we found out to be uh, a huge mistake, but we we did. However, I want to point mistake. out <laughs> the rumors of our our demise are greatly exaggerated. Oh, all we're asking for are we breaking news here? <laughs> we put a tweet out, which is you know the most important way of getting things done in this country. And if only that wasn't a joke. <laughs> that, you mean if only that was a joke? Uh. Yeah, that is what I meant. <laughs> the, uh, we put out a tweet, and in the tweet we said if the if the tweet gets uh, two hundred or more retweets, we will record an episode. Oh, now to the internet. <laughs> now we have twelve right now. So <laughs> oh, don't worry, us, don't worry. When the Baltimore can... when the Baltimore Baltimoreans magic touches this thing, the Baltimoreans bump. You guys are going to the moon. Also, I guarantee 15 retweets by the end of tonight. <laughs> <laughs> also, Charlie, you don't know how many zombie Twitter accounts I have from failed <laughs> improv comedy groups. No, I, I don't. I, I don't. I only follow two or three of them. It, it may be close to 200, actually. <laughs> so I think we could get you there. Okay. Well, all this is pretty close to i'd imagine unusable tape that you guys are gonna have to sort through well no because this is the thing right this is the thing you have you have just unwittingly cured me of i would say 67 percent 
of the unease that I was feeling about the possibility of Dan Duquette's departure. Because if Dan Duquette leaves, but the Orioles Spastics podcast comes back, <laughs> I view that as a wash. <laughs> I will say, I will say this. We did not say in the tweet what sort of episode we would record. Uh-huh. Uh, so, I mean, we could, we could, I don't know. A Dan Duquette fuck eulogy? Yeah, we, we don't we don't necessarily know it'll be Oriole Spastics. Chris suggested a Wizards podcast because Chris oh. is a fascist. Oh yeah, um, he does hate happiness. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I don't we don't know we don't know. But so you asked me about Dan Duquette. I, yeah, I did. I did ask. I, you. I was going to ask you guys about Dan Duquette because I thought you guys. Oh, we have no answers. <laughs> Only he, fears and recriminations. He usually is in touch with with. You all, of all people, I, th- I think he would have kept. <sighs> Although we are really worried because, really, Dan Duquette is pretty much our only gag on this show. <laughs> so without Duquan, D- Dan, we're going to be gagless. We're going to be well, um, I, un-gagged. May I suggest? May I suggest? <laughs> may I suggest a show that's been off the air for a number of years <laughs> to pair your podcast with? seems to work pretty well if i do say so myself so we could do what we could do we could do just like orioles and uh um say uh a a west wing (laughs) mashup you know my uh my my job title at the at the the, my place of employ is actually Mm -hmm. chief of staff oh so So i'm like we've got a chief of staff on on call i'm basically in already we can we can just disband. You can disband Baltimoreans, and we can form a, a new podcast with the three of us. That mostly just snappy <laughs> snappy dialogue while walking down a hallway <laughs> <laughs> about the Orioles, ostensibly, but mostly about American politics. <laughs> That's fine. Well, but let's let's uh, let to to return to the matter at hand, Charlie. <laughs> When you That's that's what uh in the pros we call that a segue. My number one goal is to try to refuse to answer your question and then see how much of my interview you You can't duck us forever, Hoppus. We brought Charles on to filibuster Dan Duquette leaving Baltimore. Dan, we will I, talk I want, all night. I wanna I wanna tell you something. Nobody is listening to this podcast right now because it's not. It's not your fault. It's. It, there, has there been any news? Like I'm not trying to listen to Orioles podcast right now. They just bummed me out. Well, Alan has just revealed, and I really, you know, I hope you weren't having too good a night, Charlie, because <laughs> it's a, it's about to get very, very bad. Uh, Alan has just revealed that the Orioles are apparently at the point of looking at possible GM replacements in the event that Dan Duquette leaves. And Alan, would you like to read the uh, the rogues gallery of selections one more time? Do I have to? I I think you do because <laughs> we need we need Charlie and by extension our listeners to realize exactly how grim the situation is. <laughs> well, okay. One of them was Omar Manaya. Ooh. One of them. Yeah. Are, Omar's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It. I would say. Omar Manaya coming just to Baltimore. slightly less terrifying than Omar from the Wire. I mean, <laughs> at least Omar from the Wire has a code. <laughs> he won't kill people who aren't in the game, whereas Omar Manaya yeah. only kills teams. He will kill. He will kill every last one of us. Um, Ned Coletti, another another option. Now, does the name Vladimir Spunt mean anything to you, Charlie? <laughs> Uh, he is the 
owner of the Nets who is... <laughs> Is that, is that right? That is disturbingly <laughs> close to the truth. Vladimir Spunt was a, a, a telepathic medium who was on the payroll of the Dodgers while Ned Coletti was the general manager. I remember that. Just let that sink in for a second. <laughs> that I that remember. man who didn't catch that line item in the old budget <laughs> is going to be the one negotiating Chris Tillman's contract extension. Kevin Towers is another good option. And by good, I mean bad. <laughs> Kevin Towers, uh, who you may Josh recall was uh, was drop kicked out of Arizona. <laughs> He's uh, Josh Towers' older brother. Right? Yes, the uh, the Towers brothers. Yes, who uh, were would be better suited to run an architecture firm <laughs> than a major league baseball team. So, according to this Baltimore Suns article, uh, also Dan Duke, uh, sorry, Buck Showalter and Brady Anderson would also both pick up front office duties. Here's the here's the solution I would like to propose. Here's the the only scenario that I've been able to come up with that makes me feel okay about this. Uh, Dan Duquette leaves. Buck Showalter moves from the manager's seat up to the big chair, uh-huh. the Danny chair, okay. and then Cal Ripken becomes the manager. Now, listen, I, I like everything up until that last line, and it pains me to say that, but... Oh, listening to Cal on TBS, I <laughs> wonder if he knows about what day it is <laughs> about the sport of baseball <laughs> as much as we thought that he did. Uh, for all the thousands of games played in a row, I love Cal, and I know that this is—I know this is a bad thing. But it's, it's sort it's of heresy, lot, but carry on. It is. It is heresy, and and but anyone who listened to the TBS broadcast. You feel it, right? Right now, you're feeling what I'm saying. It's like when you went to see the Mike Birbiglia Sleepwalk With Me movie. The entire time, you sat there going, I want this to be better than it is. <laughs> right. I should right. love this, and I kind of don't love it. Yep. You're rooting for Cal to, to, to be a good announcer because you love Cal. And yet, despite that, you just eventually, your ears start bleeding, and you, you have to turn it <laughs> off for your own protection. Yep. Now, that's not someone I want managing... A pretty volatile bullpen, <laughs> right? Like that's not that's not what I want. I don't want. Okay, oh okay. I, Let I, me run this by you. Let me run this by you. So many things. <laughs> we don't give the job to Cal Ripken. We give it to number one himself, Brian Roberts. Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm out on that one. You're tapping out on Brian Roberts? No, he still Brian has Roberts he has Yankees all over him. It's gross. <laughs> Well, Lee Mazzilli had Yankees all over him, and we saw how that turned out. <laughs> uh, Buck Buck Showalter also Yankees all over him. Yeah, it, it's fresh Yankee though; it's different. <laughs> how about this, Ichiro Suzuki, player manager? Oh, oh, I like that. <laughs> there might be some communication issues. <laughs> all right, look, I'm looking at I'm looking at I'm looking at the Blue Jays 40 man roster right now. Some names oh, that no. we can don't look at that. <laughs> Some names that we can look at as possible, uh, as possible trade acquisitions. Right. We we've got uh, Preston Gimley, uh, <laughs> Steve Tollison. Oh, Team Steve. <laughs> Danny Valencia. My God, <laughs> this is so depressing. What? No, seriously uh, have, though. What in what universe does Dan Duquette rather manage that team than our team? 
They have a catcher named Jimenez. Does that interest you? <laughs> and somebody named Daniel Norris. The maybe thing is, just, all those players, I'm sure, same. interest Dan Duquette. <laughs> so he's actually sitting there being like, well, I could get the Orioles three different <laughs> backup catchers <laughs> if only I trade myself north of the border. It's, I, his, it's his greatest transaction ever. <laughs> For my last and final trick. That's it. You guys, we did finally crack it. I have a quick question. Okay. Do, do you guys allow swearing on your on your program? <laughs> when, yeah. when necessary. Okay. Okay. It is necessary. <laughs> Who in the fuck would we even want? Right? It's like Jose Batista. Right. And... <laughs> well, well, and scene. Ed, I guess Edward and... Yeah, that's it. Like that's that's fucking it. I don't want anybody else on their whole roster. We could have let like me, washed up Jose Reyes. Let me second, let me run something by you. What if we get Josh Donaldson? The recently so that he and Manny can kill each other. <laughs> well, it, look here's here's my oh, no wait 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 here's my please thought. defend that here's my thought on this. Okay, <laughs> they play the same position. No no and no they no hate no. each other. They hate each other. Okay. This is wait, what wait, happens. wait. Hold on, Sam. I'm going to take the words right out of your mouth. All right, listen. Do the it. The reason why Sam thinks that we're going to do this is because if Donaldson kills Manny, Manny can't grow up to be Alex Rodriguez. Instead, he's like, <laughs> oh, he's, instead, he's like our, our own little Kennedy. Yeah, he's our own Kennedy. He like can do no no fucking wrong. Yeah, he lives perpetually in the in the unrealized potential zone. Yeah, yeah we'll just we'll just watch those those highlight clips again. Um, was that it, Sam? I think I... <laughs> history will conveniently ignore the fact that he compromised extensively to pass the Civil Rights Act. <laughs> well, oh, sorry, we we're, were talking about Manny Machado. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, that is that is actually a better explanation than the one I have, which I hesitate to even go into. But basically, my thought is that Duquette leaving creates so much chaos throughout the organization that we basically assume that the clubhouse descends into a war zone anyway, right? Sure, sure. Um, so into that mix, we introduce the Josh Donaldson, Manny Machado ring of fire, which also necessitates... <laughs> Moving J.J. Hardy to second base because Machado has to play shortstop. J.J. Hardy, who already signed a below market value contract to stay with the team that Dan Duquette was the GM of, only to have him depart. So J.J.'s already pissed off. Do you we, think his loyalty is to Dan Duquette personally? <laughs> isn't all, that would be so great. Aren't all of our loyalties to Hardy Dan Duquette? Just like, oh my God, what am I going to do now that Dan Duquette is gone? <laughs> I <laughs> I want to live in a world where that's true. <laughs> Just sitting by his locker, dejected, with a towel over his head, kicking yeah. kicking rocks. <laughs> oh damn! Steve Pierce oh. comes over and is like, "Hey JJ, you want to play some ping pong?" And he just rips his head off. <laughs> Are you serious? How could you even ask me a question in a time like this? <laughs> Didn't you hear the news? <laughs> Steve Pierce is like, who's Dan Duquette? <laughs> <laughs> what are you even talking about? Actually, I, I'm willing to bet that Steve Pierce knows Dan Duquette way better than J.J. Hardy. Yeah, because yeah, he's been cut by the man at least three <laughs> times. I'm willing to Just, bet, actually, I mean, if Steve Pierce knows which side his bread is buttered on, he follows Duquette up to Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I see. I I I like. Uh, well, no, I'm gonna stop because I've already I've already said that I've already said that Cal 
shouldn't be a manager because he's an <laughs> idiot. And I've also said that we need to kill Manny Machado before he becomes Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> so before I do anything else, I'm just going to... No, I think you should go for the hat trick. <laughs> what's what's number three? What is the third, is the what is the third tine of your intellectual <laughs> trident, Hoppus? Uh... I don't even know what I could say. Maybe like, I, I I could like maybe suggest bringing in Albert Bell as bench coach. <laughs> Before we were joined on the line by you, Charlie, we that was passive voice, and I apologize. Um, <laughs> we were talking about we were trying to understand the the scenario in Dan Duquette's head and in Peter Angelos's head, and we were trying to figure out why, if there is a threat that Dan Duquette's going to leave, why Peter Angelos doesn't just offer him a promotion and if that's happened why dan duquette is still like no uh, i still want to go to toronto so you were mentioning earlier that you're you you have the current title of chief of staff at your your job let's say i was to come to you and say how would you like to leave your job and become high priest of staff <laughs> at baltimore on's uh media unlimited well I, all right, I, I I have to be honest with you. I once you suggested high priest of staff, I looked up best job titles ever <laughs> on Google, and uh, there's things like pork rind expert, and we can't we cannot that position's taken. I'm very sorry. <laughs> um, I, you know I don't know I don't know what's going on. I think I think mostly I think that. Uh, Peter Angelos thinks that somehow he could be selling high if he gets if he gets a return from Duquette. And if he doesn't get a return for Duquette, he's not going to let him go cuz he's not worth just, you know, whatever minor leaguers. Somebody pointed out the uh, Theo Epstein uh right, trade right. for lack of a better term. And he, they got nothing. I mean, right. he, the pitcher pitched like 20 innings or something ever and that was it. That's that's not enough. I mean, this the Dan Duquette has a greater impact on the organization going forward than someone like Chris Davis, who is obviously a significant part of the organization going <laughs> at least going forward into this year. Yeah, uh, whether as a player as as an asset, and and so I mean for Angelos, he holds all the cards in this situation. There's no reason for him to give Duquette a promotion because I mean he already has him locked into this position. He has no reason to let him go anywhere else without getting just an absolute honeymoon offer. So, so I mean... So are you saying we uh, may not have anything to worry about? No. Just because he's playing it smart doesn't mean he's going to do a smart thing. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, not going to do a smart thing. He's oh. going to... What he thinks is good value is going to be something horrible. <laughs> <laughs> we just don't know what it is yet. Like, maybe, maybe... Edwin and Jose for Dan has already been offered, and he's just like, no, 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 no. Macier, Sturis, or it's all off the table. Like, we don't know. We have no idea. We don't know what goes on in his mind. And that's why it's been so great having th- – then that's why ultimately you know, Dan is so important because yeah. he trusts him. Right. So yeah. that, that, that means that Angelos can step way, way back from – daily baseball activities which is why this trade is so terrifying because this sort of thrusts him and his maniacal disregard for statistics and and human life as we know it into the baseball (laughs) trading operation system which is a terrible place for him to be 
I want to say that the Toronto the Toronto Frisbee team is actually called the Toronto Rush. They are, uh, well, I guess they lost the championship this year, but uh, they're named after the band Rush. Um, wow. That's, I love Ultimate Frisbee so much. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And Getty Lee uh, is actively involved in the baseball discussion in Toronto. Um, he's a huge, huge baseball fan. He actually, I think for a while, had a baseball podcast um, about fantasy baseball. Uh, really? Oh, Getty man. Lee is a huge baseball fan, big seam head. I, I want to look this up, actually. What but I'm taking not, away from this is that if we're getting rid of Dan Duquette and breaking down the entire organizational structure of the team as we know it, let's not stop there. <laughs> let's no. install Adam Duritz. I mean, if we're putting... <laughs> For putting rock legends with local heritage at the helm, <laughs> stay with me. Adam Duritz you. becomes the new GM. We change the name of the team. It, we stay in. It, it can still be Birdland. It's just we're now the Baltimore Counting Crows. <laughs> <laughs> because one thing's sure. Are you ready for it? It was a very long <laughs> December. Oh no! This is where you're going to start playing that song as you. Exit the segment, right? We have <laughs> crosshatch with <laughs> Oh Canada. Well, Charlie, uh, if I have taken one thing away from this conversation, <laughs> it is not an answer to the question, <laughs> but it is a a, rem- a very a very stirring reminder, I think, of what a delight it is to have you on the program. And as this year would appear to be shaping up to be a bigger joke. <laughs> Then uh, whatever the return we get for Dan Duquette is going to be, I am comforted in the knowledge that at the very least we will get to share the ride with you, good sir. Ladies and gentlemen, go out there, look up the Oriole Spastics on Twitter, retweet their tweet offering to record a new podcast if they hit 200 retweets. It's like Tinkerbell, but with tweets. Not a not a new podcast, a new episode. A new episode. There we Who go. Who knows what we're going to be recording? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, folks. Well, uh, before we go tonight, so far on this show, you've heard from a lot of people. Well, from three people (laughs) about their perceptions of what's going on with the whole Dan Duquette departure drama. Hey. Nice. (laughs) Ring it. I want you to know that Alan rang the bell with his iPad. (laughs) It's a reach. It's a reach for me. Because he was so excited about the alliteration. Of the Dan Duquette departure drama. There's your episode title. A lot of people uh, can say a lot of things about Dan Duquette, but when Dan himself speaks about himself, he's often overcome with emotion. Uh, I think rightfully so. He's a beautiful and powerful human being, and and, and he's an emotional man. But when it gets too hard for him to talk about how he feels, sometimes he has to sing it. Now, you, you guys know that Dan Duquette loves to give us exclusives here at Baltimoreans. So we were completely unsurprised when we arrived here at Hootenanny Studios tonight to find a package neatly wrapped in discerningly blue ribbon. <laughs> and when we opened it, there was a compact disc inside containing the song that we're about to play for you. And we'll, we'll leave it to you to interpret what you're about to hear. I can make a trade 
fucking basement in my brain. That's what reporters say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what agents say. Mm-hmm. Making people wait. <laughs> no big signings as of yet. At least that's what people say. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what people say. Mm-hmm. And I lost crews and can't stop my perusing. It's like I've got this roster in my mind. Signing Delman Young tonight. And the player's gonna play, 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 play. And the hater's gonna hate, 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 hate. Oh, I'm just gonna wait, 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 wait. I put it off, I put it off. Mattis curveball doesn't break, 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 break. The Matt Kemp trade was fake, 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 fake. Oh, I'm just gonna wait, 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 wait. I put it off, I put it off. Nick's deck was on the fritz. Jim Johnson couldn't pitch. And that's what they don't see. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what fans don't see. Open your eyes. I kind of want to go. And take the job in Toronto. Angelos won't let me go. He won't make me CEO. And I lost crews. And I've got to keep perusing. It's like I've got this Rasmus in my mind singing outfield depth tonight. And Ryan Lavon way, 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 way. Navarro come away, way, 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 way. Oh, I'm just gonna wait, 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 wait. I put it off, I put it off. Scott Morris gonna take, 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 take. Gonna Scherzer that'll break, 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 break. Gotta let that hot stove bake, 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 bake. I'm gonna put it off, I put it off. I put it off, I put it off. I, I, I put it off, I put it off. the Uptons and Country Breakfast of the World, I've been getting hype on some Wesley Wright. My ex-right fielder got a new ball club. They're like Tomahawk Chop. I'm like, please make it stop. You ain't the only honey with an OBP. I'm busy making eyes at Mr. A-O-Key. Cause the roster's gonna take, 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 take A real long time to make, 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 make Oh, I'm just gonna wait, 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 wait I'll put it off, I'll put it off The roster's gonna take, 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 take A real long time to make, 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 make Oh, I'm just gonna wait, 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 wait I'll put it off, I'll put it off That's right, I'll wait until February if I have to I'll see you sons of bitches in Fort Lauderdale. I'll see you in Sarasota. I'll see you in Dunedin. I might actually see you in Dunedin. I'll be the one in the blue tie. Give me my dandles. from that Sam one only two two things away from that <laughs> one <laughs> it's going to be really sad musically speaking if Dan Duquette does leave the Baltimore Orioles and two 
I'm surprised how up to date he is with popular music. I, I mean, you I mean, know, I guess he has some grandkids who are keeping him hip. Are you ever surprised by Dan Duquette <laughs> anymore, Alan? That's true. That's true. There's he's in he's been for the last couple of years what we like to call in the Tyson zone. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that is all we have for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, because we need to go lie down and cry, <laughs> and hope that when we wake up in the morning, there is still a Baltimore Orioles team that looks vaguely like the one that we have come to love so well. I would just like to say, if Dan Duquette does leave, yes, on a very sincere note, whether or not I understand or accept his reasons for doing so, doing so whether or not I understand any of the negotiations that seem to be taking place, if nothing else, for the last three years, he has given us as Orioles fans a limitless number of gifts and lifted us to emotional heights, not through just his own doing, but through the combination of all the work that he has done, all the tireless nights that he has put in to construct the roster such that we have been able to have as much fun as we've had as Orioles fans over the last couple seasons. And I do think it's important just to take a quick deep breath and acknowledge that. Hope is a dangerous thing though, Sam. Once he's given it to us, to then snatch it away. Hope is a dangerous thing. Desperation is a stinky perfume. (laughs) And it appears that we are dealing from a place of desperation. (laughs) As we so often are. Dan, don't go! Here here on Baltimoreans, the home of the all-weather fan. Baltimoreans, which is, of course, a proud member of the Baltimore Sports Support Network. You can find us at bmorons.com. You can find our sister wife podcasts at baltimoresportsreport.com slash network. Special thanks to Charles Hoppus, formerly of uh, Orioles Spastics. And maybe again, if you go follow Orioles Spastics on Twitter and tweet their special request tweet. I'm serious, y'all. If you want something to look forward to in the 2015 baseball season, bring back the Spastics. Bring back the Spastics. You can follow us on Twitter at BMorons, and we hope you will do that. You can review the show in iTunes. We hope you will do that as well. Uh, Taylor Swift is, of course, the the uh, brainchild behind that amazing Dan Duquette version of Put It Off. Uh, her, her, her track is, of course, Shake It Off. And I think you should shake off listening to hers and <laughs> listen to ours on re- ours, Dan's, on repeat. <laughs> so, Sam... What would you call Henry Rudia if he were a lanky uh, designated hitter who has languished for too long in AAA, only hitting singles and unable to harness his power stroke? I don't know. Would that be uh, Henry Rudia? <laughs> it would. That's, that may well be the legacy of Dan Duquette. <laughs> oh, God. Baltimoreans is a member of the Baltimore Sports Report Network. Find, find more podcasts like this at baltimoresportsreport.com. <laughs>